one, two, and more numbers. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers and with me as always is my co-host... Declan Kitchener. Hello? Hello! Are you over there? I am over here. Cool. And uh, this week... Uh, it's just confusing because we've got someone else sat over there with, with you. Absolutely, it's not just the two of us this week. Yes, we have a guest. So, with us this week is our special guest, Chris Baker. Hello! <laughs> You're just going to talk like that all podcast. This is how I talk all the time. <laughs> It adds to your artistic depth and expression, I've heard. Yes. We're going to need some crazy compression on this episode. Crazy, yes. crazy compression, yeah. And uh, we we met Chris through Open Mic at number 20 in Penryn, which we go to every Sunday. Yeah. And where Roger is hosting an album launch party on the 10th. Name so by the time you hear this, it'll be in two days' time, so you've got no excuse. Aye. Unless you've made plans, but cancel the plans. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got Chris on today. And uh, if you're a first-time listener to the podcast, what we do here is we write a song in a week from scratch, and we don't actually get to hear each other's songs until uh, the week is up and we actually record the podcast. So, uh, it's been a really stressful week because the two recording sessions have overlapped, and we've had kind of two songs on the go at once, in theory. That's kind of my fault, sorry. No, not at all. all. (laughs) Well, um, but we managed, we managed, and... uh, We're all still here. We take turns of who goes first each week, but when we have a guest... The guest goes first. Ah, okay. The title is called Lies and Kisses. I like that. Yeah. And then shall I just play, yeah? Sure thing. Sure thing. Lies and Kisses, right? Lies and Kisses. I like that. Thanks. If I can remember it, of course. You didn't need me And that I realize is true But I lie Like I lie With you Yes, I lie. 
dirt off me What am I supposed to do now? That's really good. I didn't expect it to go the places that it did. It kind of has a lot of time changes and like dynamic changes, oh, which I really like. Oh, cool. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of bits where it's like it just stops, like stops dead. Um, I like that though. Like I like um, the sort of feeling that you're waiting for someone else to come back in, which it uh, does with the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, I'm on a completely different tuning to you. Oh, I was surprised you really? that you kind of picked it up. Yeah, like that. that's, that's cool. kind of cool. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it's I was just, just, two, I was just it's leaning... two chords, to be fair. The whole song is just two chords, basically, apart from the bridge. So I like it. And the bit after, you know, um, the first bit where it... I'm going to be really vague now. The first bit where it gets big, and it's... Uh, and I lied. Mm-hmm. After that, it goes a bit quiet, and it reminds me of Jeff Buckley's song. Ah, you, I just feel... It does feel... Yeah, I'm a big fan. It feels very, very Jeff Buckley to me, this song. feels Particularly towards the end, where it's like, I... Um, Oh, it's back in tuning. Because that, that last vocal line to me sounds really like Jeff Buckley. Like, I lied, I lied when I said I liked you. I lied when I said I thought we could be friends. That chord change there and the vocal on top of it, it very, sounds very Jeff Buckley. Yeah, it does the whole thing. That's but, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, I really like it. Um, one, one thing that I like about your songwriting is that you... You use a lot of alternative tunings, but this one's just in standard it's with a capital. Actually, in standard tuning, yeah. Words. But still, yeah. even even you get in your those standard tuning, suspensions in there. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah, Chris uses cool. a lot of like nice suspensions, and uh, you've got a real knack for kind of like putting your voice over weird chords and to and a great effect. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Yeah, great. Oh, so cool. so t- tell us about the process of writing the song. Uh, well, I woke up on Wednesday morning. And I was like, oh, I've got, I know, well, I've got stuff to, I've got loads of stuff to do this week. And one of the things was, oh, I've got to write a song for the week's podcast, which um, is really cool. So I sat down and I was like, right, I'm going to write a song. I was just playing around with some chords. And I like to do this thing where I just, I just press random, like I'll just start putting my fingers on the guitar in the wrong places and see what comes out of them. And I just sort of went like that. I was like, oh, that sounds quite nice. And yeah. I started playing around with it. And then I was like, up here. And then I got... I was like, well, that sounds cool as well. <laughs> I'd love to say it was like carefully worked out. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? So you just kind of like put them together and see what chords fit. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I like like that. And That's then, I, and then I just stuck with those two chords, and then 
looped them over and over again and was just thinking about um, lyrically where to go from. And uh, yeah, it's it's the song's basically about uh, a one night stand for where uh, I'd never had one before and thought I know I should go and give that a go. I'm a uni student. It's what you're supposed to do. And uh, it's on the checklist. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's basically about. And it's like sort of regretting that and just being like, um, yeah, just the, the yeah. So you'd have to go into detail, but it wasn't like a, a fulfilling, satisfying no, no, not, experience. not particularly. No, like because it's like. It's, it's all like really deep and, and sensual and then it's like you realise that actually you don't actually like that person that much and it's mm. kind of it's quite a with, you suddenly quite withdrawn from the for me anyway I felt really withdrawn from it sure and um, then it's all about lying and saying no no I am into this and you're like actually am I, I, I do I, am I actually into that that much I don't know yeah. and then it's, it's all about the next day and being like I feel really sort of like that wasn't me like disassociated from it sure sure um, yeah. yeah it's quite it's kind of it's quite, kind of quite a dark song but also quite a sort of Sensual, sexual song. So it's uh, yeah. I like it. I dark think... and sensual. You should put that on your posters. Dark and sensual. I you like. You might get a different crowd of people turning up to your show. <laughs> dark and sensual shows. Kind of get loads of people coming to the show in like in bondage gear and the whips and. Shit. Oh yes, that's my <laughs> ideal audience. One um, thing I do like about those chords you've got going there, like um, I was, I was just uh, figuring out. It's like you've got a C, an E, yes, and a D. So. The That's three notes are right next to each other on the scale, and then you're doing it again here. You've got, um, you've got an E, a D, and an F sharp. Oh, so it's like, just they're right next to each other in terms of in terms of where they fall in the scale. Yeah, which is really weird. Like nice, but weird. Oh yeah. And there's a gap there, isn't there? That's a, that's a bigger interval there. I don't know what notes they are. There's a bigger gap there. Yeah. I don't know. The majority of your chords, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you kind of got like t- two fingers on the bass strings there, and then a lot of the open strings are open for yes. the majority of the song. I don't play them at all. Which um, which creates a nice suspension. It's the Dave Grohl school of songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. easy form. It's just like I don't I don't know what to do with those fingers. I tried doing like you can do stuff like that. But I don't know. I might play around with it more and add more stuff up there. Yeah. But it's quite hard to do that whilst doing this. Definitely. So, yeah. Great yeah. job. I really like it. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to hear that one for band behind it. Yeah, I, I feel the same like it's a band song. I feel like it's a band song. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It would be cool. To I was always going to like start air drumming along. <laughs> and then it's going to just be air basing because that's apparently what I do with my life. <laughs> I, I don't think it always it goes to the air I don't think it would have come across on the microphone, though. I don't think it, I don't think no, air no, no. Just, just the spirit of it just ah, comes across. Ah, I see, yes. It's like transmission of energy and chi and all of that. Ah, yes, your inner <laughs> light. Your inner bassist. The inner bassist is transmitted. There. I wanted to say a, um, a technical thing um, to people listening. I don't know what the audio levels are like today. I'm kind of having to like tweak and twerk and everything. Not twerk. He's twerking. <laughs> He's, He's twerking, twerking right. away. Roger, stop it! You're twerking out of the room. <laughs> oh, here I go. But um, yeah, if there's any uh, things like that, I do apologise. But hopefully you can hear it, and uh, you got to hear Chris's Chris's good song. Hopefully we'll have compressed it all to shit, so it's just all one level away <laughs> for it. We never have to worry about levels ever again. <laughs> exactly. Right, great job. Anything else you'd like to say about the song at all? About the song, no. This week. The Weekly Song Podcast. Roger Heathers with his latest tune. Ricochet. Ricochet. Is that good? Very yeah. good. I like that. Cool. It's a nice change of pain for that 
trying to change of pace to that kind of American style. So, this week on the Weekly Song Podcast is well, Roger Hevers um, on the Weekly Song Podcast. <laughs> we need like like a kind of three part doo-wop band in the corner of the yes. dish, Weekly Songs. Yeah. That was me doing it with the drum kit, but it didn't work. It wasn't, it was our doo-wop band. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to preface this by saying I wrote it last night, so it's going to be a little bit um, under-rehearsed, and I actually had to listen to it on my headphones <laughs> before we started the podcast to actually refresh my memory. While we were in the room and everything, like... Uh... Mm-hmm. I just hope my headphones weren't too loud for you guys to actually no, hear it. No, we didn't hear it, don't worry. We've totally heard all of it. But that's definitely a first for me as far as the podcast goes. So anyway, the song's, called Rico- <laughs> <laughs> the song's called Ricochet, and it goes a little something like this. Days that I need you the most. These animals and humans fascinate my kind. Hungry and habitual by design. We're no more sitting ducks than anybody kind of here comes a son if I needed yeah. someone kind of oh is that what they're in seventh capo yeah like definitely here comes a son and I think if I needed someone is there as well yeah it's got that it's got that sort of feel to it 
To be fair, that's cool. Like I like that. I like that riff from the beginning. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, I'm playing this about seven, seven times. <laughs> yeah, now. okay. Like Declan's playing a bass version of it, but yeah. Um, what What's inspired you to write that lyrically? That's a good question. Um, okay, I'll tell you one thing that inspired me to do it, and this probably won't be the answer you're looking for, but I was like, I need to write a song. I need to write a song. So what <laughs> that I was the answer. Like, I just need to write a song. <laughs> I just wrote anything that came to me. So what I normally do when I'm writing <coughs> is like I'll have, and I kind of do this on purpose at this point, I'll have a movie on, or I'll have like reading materials like scattered round where I sit to write. And this time, didn't have a movie on, but I had um, this, uh, this vinyl... Uh, called Combat Sound Effects, right? And it's like this this uh, this 12-inch record of, like, uh, cowboy sounds and, like, shots and guns and stuff. Oh. And on the back, like, because it has a track listing of, like, what each groove is, um, and one of them was uh, guns ricocheting off rocks. And I thought, ricochet um, is a cool word. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, whenever I have a cool word thing, I usually get the word before the meaning. So I was like, um, I'll use the word ricochet as, like, a metaphor for love. Um, but just, like, the love of, like when you appreciate someone and you you don't kind of go, oh, you know, it really means a lot to me that you did that. Yeah. But just in your in your head, you just like, I really appreciate that you did that for me. And uh, it's not about anyone specifically. It's just about sort of... The idea of it. Friends I have and uh, family. Like, every now and then, they do more for me than they know, basically. Yes. So that's kind of the idea. Uh-huh. And um, the animals and humans bit... Um, fascinate my kind it kind of made me sound like an alien and that's i like that oh. sort of like isolate not isolation but that's sort of like uh overlooking from it sort of thing pretty much like yeah. one degree species. of separation exactly that's but cool. where that came from is i went for a walk um yesterday before i w- wrote the song and i had this idea which didn't actually materialize here where like i was walking along and i could see all the birds on the estuary um where i live and um uh i was thinking like trying to find patterns in nature for, like, lyrical uh, inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the only thing I can see that they're doing is trying to eat. And I was like, how do I explain this without sounding really pretentious? Like, there's no meaning other than things exist and they need to nourish themselves and life goes on and on. So I wanted to start the song with trying to find patterns in nature. All they're trying to do is eat. And then finish the song with something like, Saying to like a friend of mine, like, "Hey, do you want to go and get something to eat?" Ah, but I didn't get to do that. I see. But you, like, it would you could, be you could edit that in, like, as you'd have like a, a, a snapshot of like a, a sample that's like, "Oh, do you want to get something to eat?" I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. Sure, we should go get a soup, boy. Mm, so weekly song podcast. We wish they were. Was that a disclaimer? <laughs> Was that a disclaimer? Yes. <laughs> Any opinions fair. expressed in a lot of the weeks on podcasts. If Cherry Lucas here could get in touch, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, how I actually wrote this one. Because um, it's, again, it's um, a bit more straightforward. Like, you've got things like, um, you've got your major fourth and minor fourth thing in there as well. But, mm. again, this one seems to be a bit more in key than your usual work, which I quite like. Yeah, well, I suppose it's like the less time I have to write a song, the more basic the song is. <laughs> but um, I I, I, I kind of struggle with it, because I was like, I don't want to use the major to minor fourth thing, even though it's so nice. It um, nice yeah. I, I was like, oh, I don't want to use that. But then when I got to the... Um, Hungry and habitual by design. It just fits so well. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I've got to use that. Um, 
but that's kind of why I put the thing in because I was like it provides a bit more guitar playing mm -hmm. as opposed to just kind of because the song's very much like and when I do my demo of it I'm just gonna have it so the guitar's like Ooh, literally that quiet oh, and right. just like double track like left and right ears and then my voice will just be really quiet in the middle and then like it'll have big old harmonies and stuff Oh. Um, so you, have, you record it twice, left and right, and then yeah, oh, that's cool. and then vocal in the middle, which is like it's kind of my go-to thing. You've, you have to drop your phone. Oh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> at least it wasn't down the toilet this time. Um, <laughs> well, but, you've just let the whole world know about that. <laughs> you hadn't told them before, <laughs> had you? <laughs> well, anyone who follows me on Facebook knows. But yeah, plop. Oh, I tell you one thing, I kind of like is like I've got the one, four, five type of thing, but I used a D shape before the four and five, so I got. Which is kind of unusual for me. I never usually do that, so. Mm -hmm. I liked that. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of to say about it. It's called Ricochet, and you know. What inspired you to put the cap up on seven, by the way? Or have you already said? Um, I haven't already said, but what it is, when I mentioned to you that I wanted to start writing with capos more, it wasn't just so I could have it on the first or second fret and then play what I'd normally play as bar chords, because you know I'd rather play bar chords. Um, but I really like the idea of having it so the guitar's kind of like a different instrument to where you can put put it up like, I was thinking like the sort of like 10th fret, so like all your chords sound like that, and then there's no bass, and I think that kind of lends itself to melody more, but I might be just imagining that. Yeah, that's cool. But because that's up there, it's around my register where I sing so as well. So it would cancel out a bit too much, do you think, or? I'm not sure, it just kind of, they both meld quite well. Like with that song, oh. I feel like that it was in the same key as like yes. my natural yeah. singing voice, so it kind of had a good effect, but yeah, just it's having it there. It's refreshing know. as well, I think, because if, you, if you're playing with, like, down here all the time, then suddenly to go up that far, mm. it gives you, in a set list, to give it that variety. It's nice. Definitely, yeah. Mm. And plus, also, if I was to play it with a band ever, I could have a bassist play, like, stuff that's, like, way down here, and I like I like separation in my mixes. Well, you could have a second guitar doing the stuff down here if you desperately wanted it. That would yeah. be really good, yeah. And then you'd have, like, the bass doing its low octave, then the guitar doing its thing, and then a lot of the higher octave on, like, on that type of good guitar, you know, this capoed one. So, yeah. So, that's my song. Now it's up to Declan Kitchener. Oh, dear. Right, this is a song that I wrote la last night. <laughs> Uh, at about nine o'clock at night. Um, it's called Backwards and it goes like this.
between predictability and unpredictability. Because there were times in there I was like, oh, it's going to go to that chord. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go there. And then other times, most of the time, it, it, it just felt like it was going in a direction and you were just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That was a, that was a welcome surprise. Like, Cool. cool. That's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's good, good balance. Because you need a certain amount of predictability to sort of get people to understand where you're going with it. Mm. Yeah. But then you can just throw in something and be like, ooh, ooh. Like, it's good. I completely Thank agree. You. Yeah, I like your piano compositions for that reason particularly. You kind of stay quite tonal for the most part, and then, like Chris said, you'll just put in something that's like, oh, okay. And it really kind of perks you back up again. Yeah. Like, um, uh, there's... On the lyric where it says, this isn't 1950, the chords underneath that bit, and they happen other times as well, but those yeah. chords are nice, the sort of semitonal thing. So the D to a B over... D sharp to an E minor. Yeah, I like that. Well, you know me, I like I like yeah. that. Good well, semitonal movement, we love semitonal. Movement. <laughs> We're sponsored by semitonal movement. Yeah, that's. We shouldn't be talking to like. Um... We've all been doing that, haven't we? Semitones today. Yeah. <laughs> like mine was all like you said it. Oh no, no, mine was tones, wasn't it? Mine was going to be tones. Yeah. Well, yours was tones next to each other. Mine was um, yours was very tonal, and mine is very um, chromatic. Excellent. So we've kind of covered all the, our bases. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So what's your, what's your lyrical inspiration? Um, Guessing political. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's have a look at this one. 
when your pocket's empty, you'll still be waiting for the wall. Don't state alternate facts. When the different people are waiting at the gate, this island is clearly split in two. And to fix it takes more than super glue. I wish I had more time to write a better lyric. This week on the Weekly Song Podcast, John Snowden. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I normally don't like writing political songs. I've always had the point of view that if you have a political message, yes. music isn't the best way to get it out. Interesting. But, um, I don't know. Like, um, I was just thinking, like, uh, what has really affected me this week and is just... Yeah, yeah. The insane dictator from the USA. So, so you know, so it, was your, it was your emotional release of the political, yeah, sort of, like um, because it's beyond like a, a political message saying, oh, we should cut the two percent tax on this. Yeah, it's actually a violation of human rights. Yeah, and it's something that's just going to bankrupt and divide America. And like I, I mentioned of Brexit as well, which is you know, like I said, split this country clean in two. Mm. I can't see that one being healed for a long time. Mm. So it's just kind of that. Mm. Anyway, this isn't a political podcast. Moving on. <laughs> the good thing about your, like, because you've had songs before that have, like, a political edge to them. And the good, the good thing about that is that you're not going, it's not like a Rage Against the Machine song. You're saying, like, it's like an emotional response to what's going on rather than just a commentary. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot write songs that are purely factual at all. I've tried. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like there needs to be some emotion from the... I guess this works the same with any artist, though, doesn't it? Like, you need some sort of emotion to kick into process, like, the stage, some, stage of writing. Some artists, mm. I think it's quite it's quite a technical thing, um, whereas that was definitely an emotional side, as, as emotional side of technicality, as you said, yeah. That's mm. really nice. Yeah. Um, so you wrote it at 9 o'clock last night? Yeah. And it's now, like, half 12 on a Sunday, so the next it's day... It's barely 12 hours old. So, uh, how did you start... Little Baba song. How did you start writing it then? Um, well, like, I, I guess you came in here on the piano. Uh, yeah, well, I was just um, just went to that B minor chord, and I think I was trying to do like I was going to try and do like a chord the same, and then just have the bass line changing. But I went to mm, that. That's such a lovely chord. What yeah. chord is that? That is a G major seventh. Oh, it's just that's oh. Really, it was a really nice change to that chord. It must yeah. be an inversion or something, right? Well, it's gone. Oh, there we go. It's, oh. <laughs> yeah, just like if you ever want a room to melt. Oh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's I'm I'm missing off the G off the bottom of the chord. Right. So it's still a B minor. It's just a G in the bass. I like that. Um, and I was just thinking, well, how can I go between them? So that's where the that sort of thing came from. The intention is to put it on a guitar and a bass and a drum kit and a vocalist one day when I have more people to do things like that. I like the idea of doing that. Yeah, yeah there's just some great, great chord changes in there. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to like, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start making notes, but I wanted to like write down the lyrics that the chords were on top of. Yeah. Because um, there were just some really good ones. Uh, there's one where you kind of like modulate to a different key, but that's probably not helpful. Like, is that the one? so many of those different things where it just kind of takes you, I don't know, it's, it's quite a dark song, chordly, I think. All of my songs are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Um, but, 
Yeah, no, that's, that's actually just staying in key. The only out of key thing is it's a, it's, a, it's a minor fourth to major fourth thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, um, but you can instead of just... So uh, normally the major to minor fourth is... This time I'm going... But I'm also putting the major third in the bass line. Ooh, I like that. I'm stealing nice. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's really, really cool. cool. I've not seen you play piano before, so that was, that was oh, really yeah. nice to me, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Are you going to do that number 20? Um, it's, well, the trouble is that I can't sing it properly. That's the thing. Like, if I'd um, had a bit more time, I would have worked out a key I can sing it in. But, like, for example, that bit in the verse. Oh, we have beyond. The top note is an F sharp. Yes. My The top of my comfortable range is an E. Yeah, it's quite a high F sharp as well. Yeah. I think it's actually the one down here. Uh, but um, literally, I can't sing it properly. But when it's perhaps more than 12 hours old, you might be more comfortable. Yeah, That's when, very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I maybe shift it down to a key where I can sing oh, it. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, maybe put it in A minor or something. See that, play, see that, that, in that key, that chord doesn't sound... As, as warm. Uh, yeah, that's really got a lot. I don't know, it's interesting, it's not. And that's the other, that's the other version. It's got a new song on the go here. Yeah. That's really nice. <laughs> Welcome to a jazz club. He's a writing machine, Declan. That's really cool. Am, am I? Well, I'm, you can write a song away. Am I, I machine? Yeah. Writing. Do I feel love? Compute. Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> what sick bastard invented me? I've just had the really um, daunting uh, realization that we have to um, discuss my album. Yes, we do. Um, well, we sh we should. It's it sounds good. I've heard some of the tracks. What are we going to talk about? Well, I suppose uh, one I thing I can talk bits maybe possibly. But I was also going to ask you like. Um, uh, and are, are there any tracks on this album that you wrote specifically in terms of being on the album? As opposed to uh, just... I know some of them have come from your weekly songs, like Clover is on there, um, mm. 144p, which is from your first run, and As It's You. That's right, yeah. Uh, but there are songs, for example, like Balloon, which I've never heard before. Uh, were they written specifically for the album, or were they... Uh... Uh, yes, they were, yeah. Um, some were written specifically for the album, but it's kind of worth um, describing... Uh, where the album started from in the first place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, just pulling up the tracks in front of me there, um, just so I could see them. Uh, a lot of them are weekly song ones, but the album's kind of been in its evolution for, like, three years. It's not something I kind of, like, chose to do last year and then worked towards this year. Um, I put, had the artwork for about, um... Three years now? How did you get that? Oh, it's so good. Well, it's a guy oh. called Charles Esperanza. Oh. He lives in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, anyone listening should go and check him out because his other artwork as well is just fantastic. He does like these really colourful, like, summery paintings. He does it all on canvas and yes. everything with, uh, with acrylic, I think. And um, I just... Uh, I don't know why, but I had this... Um... Actually, I do know why, and you'll be able to understand this, Declan, because like, uh, Declan and I have spoken about this, but I have this theme in my music from time to time of wanting to leave somewhere and go somewhere new. Um, oh. uh, and uh, so I had this idea for, for this picture. I don't really know where it came from. I guess yeah. it was kind of like a subconscious thing or something, but um, 
I, I messaged this, this guy, Charles, and I said, I love your artwork. Um, I'd love to work with you at some point. I don't have an idea yet, but would you be interested? He went, yeah, that's fine. Here's my prices and everything. I was like, okay, cool. And um, I had a bit of money left aside at one point, and I said to him, could you do an image of a shark leaving the ocean to go and live on the moon? And he went, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, who's this fucking weirdo? Um, but, um, and he did this for me, and he did it in such a cool style. I was like, okay, I've got to use this artwork at some point. And originally, like three years ago, I had these songs which will probably never see the light of day, and I don't think I actually have them anymore because my hard drive crashed like two years ago. Um, a song called Fish Tacos, which was about moving to Texas and going to South by Southwest Festival. Um, I had a song called Caravan 4, which is was like a huge rocker, and uh, I might revisit it at some point, but it had like a really cool kick in and stuff. And these were all like fully recorded songs, by the way. Okay. These were like album-ready yeah. songs. Um, but I kind of like, I didn't have enough to fill an album, so I kind of left it for a little while, and I thought, um, I thought I'll kind of like leave it and like, so these songs kind of fell by the wayside, and then I started writing, honestly, better songs than, than those ones. Mm -hmm. And so... You flew um, to the moon with your... I flew to the moon. You flew on your shark. On my shark. And um, so, anyway, so, you know, cut to like two years later, there's been a running joke between me and my friend Joe from Pea Green Boat that the album should be called Shark Side of the Moon. Ah, oh, that would be so good! <laughs> I remember you telling me about this. Oh. And you were actually going to do it at one point, weren't you? He's going to relish your reaction there, Chris. Yeah, I was going to call it the Shark Side <laughs> of the Moon. And like, because I was like, you know what? I take myself too seriously sometimes. I should have a bit of a laugh and call it blah, blah, blah. I should call it Shark Side of the Moon. And I was like, actually, no. Because I came up with the idea, To Your Heart's Content, which... Um, uh, tell me if I'm going on a bit about this. We're uh, discussing you're, your album. You're meant to be going <laughs> on about it. If anyone doesn't know, I don't like going into depth about this stuff because I feel narcissistic. Anyway, um, yeah, so I got the new title, To Your Heart's Content, from... Uh, I'm a big King of the Hill fan. I, mm. um, anyone who knows me will know that. Um, anyway, so I was watching this episode and um, Hank Hill's dog, Ladybird, she's ill in one episode. I can't remember exactly what it is. And then she gets better throughout the episode, and at the end, like, she's, um, she's playing out in the yard and chasing a rabbit or something like that, I can't remember exactly what it was. And he goes, that's right, ladybird, go and chase that rabbit to your heart's content. And I was like, that's a, that's a cool lyric, and it's a reference to King of the Hill, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and so anyway, so yeah, two years later, um, I have this song, Balloon. Right, and that's the oldest song on the album, and it's the last song on the album. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I guess you didn't know that. Yeah, that's a, pretty much the only one I hadn't properly heard before. And it's a weird one, because I felt like... I don't know if you guys ever get this, but sometimes you feel like you write a song and it's like something you've made. Sometimes you feel like a song's kind of given to you by, Ooh. you know, I don't know, in quotes, the creative gods or whatever. Yeah. Like, this one feels like it's... And it's weird, because I wasn't very good at, like, chord writing at the time, but the chords in that are a bit more advanced than I'd normally do. Um, and there's like a lot of semitonal movement and a lot of kind of cool harmonies and stuff. I was like, okay, I've got to keep this song. And this was like back when I had the artwork. It's the only song that survived till to now. And it went through five incarnations of, of like full studio things. And every time I couldn't get it quite right until this time, there's like the fifth one. Um, and like the first demos are like out of tune and the chords aren't quite there and everything. But the lyrics and the feel of the song have remained throughout. So Balloon was first, and then another, to answer your question, another song that wasn't like a weekly song that was actually written for the album specifically was Find It Where It Comes. Oh, I love that song. Thank you. Which is a, 
which is a fairly old song, and um, I'll just play like one of the uh, modulations in the song, um, which is kind of cool, which I've never been able to replicate since, but it kind of came to me pretty naturally. So the song's in G, and uh, so it's like uh, the chorus will go. Don't look around for pain now, Mary. Don't look around at all. Don't seek your pleasure. Chord change. No, sorry, uh, key change. Up to uh, an F sharp minor. Find it, Mary, find it where it comes. Oh, find it where it comes. And then C and D to get back into G, but that just came to me out of nowhere, that kind of like... Because normally I could go... Don't seek your pleasure, find it, Mary, find it where it comes. And I can't yes. sing it because I'm so used to singing the other key, but... So you, like, felt, you felt that was like an external inspiration? Yeah, in a way. It's like, because I didn't used to do modulations in my songs back, because yeah. it's like, like I say, two years ago or something. Didn't used to do modulations. I was like, this just seems to work. And it's like a, a big change of tone. It's like, don't seek your pleasure. And then suddenly, boom, you're in a different key. Find it where it comes. Just for that, like, tagline. And then it goes straight back into the thing. So I was like, that was a real, like, evolution, evolution in my... Evolution. E evolution. evolution. That's a possible podcast title, too. It's interesting, though, because the whole... I think... I, th I, I don't quote me on this 100%. It's not like it's on a recording. Um, <laughs> like, I think the word genius um, comes from the idea... I think it was a Greek idea that people who were genius had these, these invisible things around them that would give them ideas and give them creativity. And creativity right. back then was seen as this sort of external thing... And people who were creative, people who were geniuses, would get these ideas, be able to tap into these external ideas. Right, right. It's just really interesting to hear that you feel that sometimes you get creative ideas that are not your own, and mm. you sort of take them on as if someone else has told them. That's really interesting. Well, I, I think that... Uh, I, I kind of... I think music's bigger than me and you mm -hmm. and us, you yeah. know? Like, music will exist after we're dead. So yes, yeah. we're kind of just taking part in this big thing. Yeah. So I think it's only natural that ideas and stuff come to you from something bigger because it, it realistically is yeah, a bigger yeah, thing than really us, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Ah, that's really cool. That's a really cool one, isn't it? There's so some cool stories about musicians who've had things like that, like um, Paul McCartney very, uh, very famously had the melody for Yesterday in his head. And it just came yes, to him from in nowhere. Yeah. In his sleep or something, he dreamed yeah. of something. <clears throat> and just got it scrambled eggs. Oh, baby, how I love your legs. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it was such a kind of silly lyric and it became this really melancholy song. So, yeah. Yeah. That song's fantastic. It is. It really is. To get back to your songs, like, um, this. Oh, man. Yeah, this goes, <laughs> well, like, uh, this goes back two or three years in terms of your songwriting and everything mm. like that. Um, and there are picks from each one of your weekly songs, even going back to your first, which is where 144P and um, As It's You come from, which mm. is, you know, about the same time I met you, actually. That's right, yeah. 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 What was that? <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that? That was literally, you'd just done... Um, I think you'd actually just about done your first weekly song. We met at... Um, Casbah. Casbah in Truro, which is now something else. Which was a good open mic for a long time. Yeah, but um, I just remember turning up every week and you'd got another song there but my point was um, how did you pick which songs uh, that were written after that period go on to the album was there any sort of theme in your head or anything mm. or was 
or was it just like, oh, these are just the best tunes that will fit together the best? Well, that's a good question. You know me, I'm like you, I'm like a melody head. I like, you know, whatever's like a good melody, I'll, I'll choose. So there was, there's no kind of like, okay, well, there's no like conscious emotional theme to the album where it's like, okay, these songs need to be about this stuff or else they're not going on the album. It is about the melodies first, but then it, there's like lyrical ties that on accident that are on the album. But how I chose the, um, the songs that I'd actually use, uh, I kind of like, because I released weekly songs 1 to 14 as like a collection, I was listening to it a lot back and I was like, 144p is actually quite a cool song and it would be good like a good big band's rocker song um and then as it's you was always one that i kept in sets whenever i played open mics or gigs and stuff so i was like those two are definitely on mm. and then i was like it kind of tails off a little bit you know in my opinion uh the songs as you go kind of like weekly song four five six uh six is it's the least i could do but then seven um is confetti and then around the time of confetti i was like you know what actually this weekly song thing is a really good engine for album content. Yeah, I was like, yes. okay, right. And then you and I started doing it from that... No, no, wait. Yeah, you and I did start doing it from that point, but we didn't do the podcast yet. Yeah, I started on your second run. Yeah. Uh, which was my first one, but I didn't broadcast them at all, unlike you, where mm. you've always been broadcasting them. Exactly. And so I, I started to think of it more in terms of, like, an engine for album content, like I say. And... Um, so I had things like Captain Lieber, which ended up on Winter Tape 5. Like and then I had like... Uh, hmm? I like that song. <laughs> Thank you. And then, so, Captain Lieber, and then... what Cos- the... Cosmo Kramer was from that same batch, wasn't it? Cosmo Kramer was on the, from the same batch on Winter Tape 5, yeah. And then, what else was from there? America, obviously. Um, Confetti, Le Monde, and Sandbox Games. So, like, from that second week of run of weekly songs, it's like... These, I just had this like run of four weeks that was just like these songs are all like album worthy, and that's when I kind of got the enthusiasm, the enthusiasm to be like I'm gonna make an album, and you know what album I'm gonna make? That Shark Side of the Moon one where I got that stupid yes, artwork, yes. <laughs> not stupid artwork, that amazing artwork from Charles Esperanza. Yeah. I was like, it kind of all fits together. I was like, okay, I need a few more, and then I wrote a song um, like before that run of weekly songs called Albatross, which is on the album. And it kind of, like, it brings balance to the album, not the force. Um, <laughs> because it's like a piano... Bring pian- balance to the album, not leave it in ruin! <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it was a ballad, so it was, um... It kind of, like, breaks up the album a little bit. And um, so it kind of came together from there, but a lot of it is weekly songs. And for a while I was thinking, like, is it cheating a bit to use weekly songs for an album? But then, I guess not. No. Weekly songs are songs. The only thing that changes is that we have a deadline to get them at least ready for demoing. Yes. Mm. There's by a more week. pressure, isn't there? More pressure to get it done. Like with this one, I was like, I have to do this this week. Yeah. Which yeah. is good, because it makes you do it. But then you also think, oh, maybe I'd have done better if I gave it more time. That's is, that, a... is that the thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I get that all the time. We yeah. always get that. But then the counter to that is that... You don't do anything if you don't have the time to do deadline. Well, yeah. But also, like, the thing is, the songs don't stop here. Like, there That's is always true. changes and modifications that you yes. can make down the line. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, um, for example, my one of my weekly, weekly songs, which wasn't broadcast, called Memories, now has an entirely different second verse to the demo version which I made for you. Exactly. Uh, just because um, I worked that I could do something better. Exactly. Like, this is kind of like you make the skeleton and the foundation with it, but um, I, I think the good thing about writing a weekly song is it could be better... 
but at least you've written a song. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. like, and if yeah. you do that every week, it's like you go. Actually, two of these ones I've written in seven weeks are pretty good. Mm-hmm. So like, um, and also I find that like if you go, if you tell yourself I have a week to write a song and there's a deadline, you kind of get more ideas. Or, or at least, I don't yes. know, I'm walking around You're and I'm like, okay, yeah. right, so that could be a lyric. Uh, yeah. All right, okay, this relationship could be, like, fodder for um, for the podcast. You also, podcast. Feel, you also podcast. feel braver to try out musical ideas, don't you? At least I yes, find that. Definitely. Like, um, you think, well, okay, I've got to write this about something. Let's have a basis to put this round. Okay, now I've got that. Now I can expand it out and do all these other cool things to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you done mm-hmm. album inlay? What's that? Like, have you, have you, is there notes inside the album? Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. It's a, it's oh. a full-on digipack. Oh, what? It's, it's oh, shrink wrap, too. Yes. Oh, wicked. I cannot wait to get my hands on yeah. my copy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's shrink wrapped and everything. It's got, like, an inside and pictures and credits and thank yous and everything. Oh. It looks awesome. I haven't actually seen the physical thing yet, but I get it in the post, I think, tomorrow. Oh, you haven't got them? I haven't got them yet. I, oh. Like, I, I designed the, the, like, the template, like, the net for the, um... Uh, album, yeah, but it's re- arriving tomorrow. Oh, so. I thought you'd have them. In- okay, excellent. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Oh, I, I know. Oh, I, I thought you'd already have them like ready to go. Okay, this is gonna be my first physical release of anything ever because I release oh, everything digitally. Wow. So there's like a proper CD, you know. You have a physical record that you can hand to someone and say, "Look, I did this." Exactly. It's, but you haven't. It's quite scary, isn't it? Because you've you've the master copy. You've, you had to post that off, have you? That's right. Yeah. So you gonna wait for that to come back now? Because like I always get really nervous about. Yeah. Because it's like that's I need that back. Like please don't lose it. Oh, exactly. I've got like like digital versions on the computer, but it would be nice to have it. And uh, I had to I had to send it twice as well, which was a bit of a pain in the ass. Okay. I sent it once, and it was like a data disc, uh, and they said we need an audio disc. Yes, good job they picked up on that though. Rather yes, than you definitely. just get loads of data discs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, just so like it comes back and there's this horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just what like... have you done to my album? This is what you sent us. <laughs> Binary solo. You could claim just it all was, the way through. Claim it was art. Just yeah, yeah deliberate. Exactly. It's noise art. Del- yeah, soundscaping. Yeah. But, that's, um, yeah. that's the thing actually you've gone uh, very much for a guitar piano uh, bass and drums kind of feel which I know is the kind of thing you like but yeah. um, uh, what pushed you towards that rather than um, like for example more of the uh, like, I know you're more into your hip hop and your electronic side of stuff as well what pushed mm. you towards the more traditional acoustic instrument than the more electronic well this is a weird one because this is um my 10th release, not 10th album, my 10th release. Because you've done stuff with P Green Boat as well, and mm. you've um, done uh, solo EPs. Like exactly. All, uh, you've done at least five winter tapes. But they've all been very much like finding what I want to do. And like, I've kind of come to the realization over the course of baking those, those ones that like the most timeless music is the music that has the most acoustic slash amped up <laughs> instrumentation. So, like, basically, the most timeless records are, like, The Beatles and Queen and, you Prince know... Prince and Zappa. Prince and Zappa and Carole King and stuff. Like, that was a huge... I think I've told you this. There's a huge influence for the, the production of this this album is Carole King's Tapestry, which you introduced me to. Yeah, I'm very surprised you'd never heard it before, but that's very much an album that's got just pianos, bass and drums, and I think the quote that you said to me is an album sound to aspire to. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's so you can clean. hear the humanity behind it. Absolutely, yeah. And you can, you can hear all the little, like, uh, like I say humanity, the little, not mistakes, but like the natural feel and like little kind of like, you know, every now and then. It's not a robot playing it, basically. Yeah. So I always wanted to make an album that was like, uh, 
played on real instruments yeah. that was really, you know, that was hopefully really good songwriting. Um, and uh, I also wanted to do one that was all played by me because I'm a big Prince fan, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I like the idea of like a record that's like all done in house because like whenever I hear a record and like it's like he played drums on the album too, it's like I go oh that's even cooler. I like oh, I like that. That's a cool selling good. point. Um, so I just wanted to kind of do one that was like like a debut record that was a bit more timeless than what I'd done before because I've done stuff that's like hip hop and like Declan said and like electronic and yeah. all sorts of stuff and sample based and things like that which I really still like and it's still fun to me but that stuff's not like a good record to me like a good record is like a a Beatles album or a you, you're like trying that. to you're trying to get something that's got this sort of authenticity found through the acoustic and raw sort of instrumentation as opposed exactly. to yeah that's cool yeah cool. definitely and, and doing it doing it self self produced as you said gives it like it is ultimately expressive because it's it's all done by you every aspect of that there's mm. no one else going oh let's just tweak that let's do differently you I have think to... you need another ballad on that album or I think you need to put some more bass lines in there what if you try this electronic bit over here? <laughs> yeah. you have none of that going on because it's just you it's yeah. just me which is nice but I've been saying while making this album a couple of times like it's the last one for a while anyway that I'm going to do by myself in mm. isolation because, like, there's nobody to bounce ideas off of. No, that's you know? true. That's, I do find that, yeah. Which is, like, it's kind of nice because I'm a... I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but um, at the same time, I like to have the decisions down to me because it's just more efficient sometimes. It's like, I want the bass to be like this. Okay, good, I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Essentially what you could do if it's being like having your own backing band behind you when you go and do something like this again, maybe. Mm, definitely, it would be nice. I'd like to do the next Roger Hever album. and the weekly songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do the next album like completely opposite, like get, like you say, a band together and go into a real studio space and do it like in quite a short period of time. Mm. Um, whereas this has just been like, it hasn't been a short period of time. It's been like a, curation. a huge thing, and like it's chipping away. It's like once a song's done, it's not done. Just because the vocals there doesn't mean it's done. It's I'll be like I'll open up the project again because it's just in my bedroom at home, like all the mm. projects. So I just open up and go, I want a backing vocal there, and I go, oh, the guitar could have a better tone. So it's like constantly taking bits off and putting new bits on until finally I think it's done. Mm. And I had to give myself a deadline, or else it just would never would have been complete. No, fair, yeah. Fair. So yeah. And it's, uh, it's out on February 10th. Uh, and you're having an album launch party, like we mentioned at the beginning, on number 20 in Pembroke. That's number right. Number 20 bar. That's right, and it it's it's it starts at 7pm. Oh, yeah, and also, yeah, Chris is going to be supporting. Has lunacy. 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 Because <laughs> I'm so, such a lunatic. <laughs> and my friend lives there. And... Oh, yeah, Liv Safina, and also Toby Cook and Sam Sweeney. Hooray. So come out and see. Is that Sam Sam? No. No, 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 that's... That's uh, Sam Macklin. Ah, uh, uh, Sam, okay. Sam yeah. Sweeney is someone you know, isn't it? Sam Sweeney is a friend of mine um, who I know through my friend Siobhan. And uh, he supported me at gigs before. And I say supported, we played together at gigs before. And, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good night, so everybody should come out. It'll be <sighs> really, really good. And, um, and, if, you, and you can get his album then. You can get my album. Yeah, it's going to be super cheap. It's going to be super cheap. And uh, and we shrink wrap too, which is a huge, huge sell point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just buy the album for the shrink wrap. <laughs> yeah, just keep the shrink wrap and stick it on the walls. I am really excited. Like it's gonna be so good. It's gonna I'm be looking fun. Forward to, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting an album and, and just like yeah, it's gonna be a really good night. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I don't know quite how to describe it, but if you're a fan of like 
music that uses real instruments and like has like traditional songwriting and stuff. I think you'll like the album. I hope. Mm. I hope. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So uh, are you doing anything else uh, in the near future then, Chris? I am playing guitar sometimes. Sometimes I play piano, and uh, sometimes I'm I'm singing. Cool. Yeah. That that's a good all round mixture of things to do. <laughs> Basically, I have no idea. Me and, and Liv uh, have have been doing some stuff together, which sounds really really cool. Oh, you've been doing stuff together? Yes, we, oh, we cool. played played at uh, number twenty and at thirsty scholar together, and we played at Jacob's ladder a few times. Mm. And it's, it's gone really really well. So we do want to do some more stuff together, which sounds really cool. Um, in terms of my own stuff, I am working on an EP, but it's like. It's just not happening because I'm too busy. Um, You've got one out already, though, right? I've got one out, but it's over a year old. It's a year and it's a year old, and um, it's just it's very different to the sort of stuff that I do now. Mm. Um, and as you said about creative ideas, like I really like working with Liv because mm. we bounce ideas off each other and do stuff that's we can. Oh, you should be like, oh, let's do this, do that, do this, do that. Mm. And actually, I think that might be more for me is to actually to yeah. actually moving on after this sort of EP, perhaps do more sort of group stuff so who knows yeah basically I have no idea of what I'm doing but, what, what's your but, website uh, lunacy so it's l-u-n-a-c-c-i and you can go to lunacy.co.uk uh, or facebook.com forward slash lunacy music you guys should do that it sounds like a thing to do absolutely it's also on Spotify but not for long because I will be taking it down when I release the new one so. oh really so you like kind of want to put it behind you yeah it, I, it's, not, it's not related to what I'm doing anymore mm. I don't think um, we'll see see how I've got some exciting stuff for uh, for Friday to show you so oh really so, yeah hopefully if every, I've got ordered some new equipment so if it all arrives oh sweet okay yeah it should be really exciting oh so. that sounds you amazing intrigue yeah. us. Huh? you intrigue us yeah no I, hopefully it's here and hopefully I won't do it unless I've had enough time to practice on it but like, yeah, no, I really am looking forward to it. So it's gonna be a really fun night. I think so. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, one. it's gonna be good. It's I'm gonna be, really be there good. as well, just titting about, not doing anything, and just going, "Yo, Roger." <laughs> Taking photos, maybe. You, Taking photos. It's maybe. weird that you're not playing. Uh, I don't have enough material, and I've uh, got good enough voice. I think you do. I mean, you know, it would only be like a twenty-minute set, but I did offer um, uh, other Sam and Declan. I said to them, "Do, do you guys want to play?" You know, like, uh, and they. What did you say? I forget what you said. I think you just well, said, I think fuck off. <laughs> no, I think we just think we want the night to be more about you. And uh, me and Sam tend to be, when we play live, we tend to be more cover heavy. Uh, right. So if yeah. we want to focus the night about your original music, yes, the original support music. act should be yeah. original as well. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. That's cool. And plus, like, it kind of draws in, everyone has their own little, like, people they know. Yes. Um, that's yes. a terrible way of putting that, but <laughs> people have people they know, and, yeah. uh, and they'll bring them along, hopefully, so... Uh, you, you, get so to, you get to just enjoy the night. You can you can drink heavily and <laughs> enjoy yeah. it. Well, well, I was gonna say like uh, me and Sam will be there. Sam's gonna be running the um, sound yes. of the show, yeah. and then I'm gonna be there taking photos and ah, uh, getting drinks. Excellent! It's gonna be yeah. good. It's gonna be really good. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. I think the only other thing to mention is that I'm doing another show with Boundless Brothers uh, on the 11th, which is the day after at Bar Thirty Five in Bude, uh-huh. which is uh, gonna be a good one. Like, mm. I really enjoyed the last one. Looking forward to doing that one again. I think that's all I have to mention. And then you you had a you had one what would be last night for us, didn't you? Studio bar. Studio bar, yeah. And it went well. Very well. Excellent. Yeah. You travel all over. You're like, you get imbued. Yes. That's a long way away. Yes. <laughs> wow. Still no idea how I'm gonna get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we'll work that one out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all from me. I think that's all from us, isn't it? 
It is. Yes. I mean, I just want to say as well, just to kind of close up, um, you can uh, you can email us uh, or email me personally at rogerheathersmusic at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also contact us through rogerheathers.com and uh, we'll get like a page. Yeah, we we're need to work, do this. Well, we've got a day off tomorrow. We'll work on it then. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, also if you are a songwriter like Chris is. Um, get in touch with us. Um, leave a comment on SoundCloud or on, you know underneath on Facebook or email me, and uh, come on as a guest. You know, come and write a song in seven days and be stressed out for an entire week. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? Share it's our pain. Really good. It's, it is really fun. Like as a, as a sort of uh, testimony. Like it, I really I found it really useful. I wouldn't have written that song if it hadn't been like half. Oh, I'd have write the song for Sunday. So you heard it here first, folks. You wouldn't have written that song unless you had to write that song, right? <laughs> I think that's a good enough end, <laughs> note to end on. We'll no, see you. it's not. Let's end on a note. Noise jam. No. Ta-da. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Okay.